go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Welcome in to Hour 3, the Power Hour, on Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long & Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. bitten at us. So there you go. But you can send us a message on the text line 744-2990. Many of you have. It's kind of cool. And many people lamenting the fact uh, they've seen the message I put up on our social media about uh, not having streaming capabilities today. And I've tried to reach out to as many people as I could. A lot of people are expressing their disappointment we will have it up on a podcast later and i feel really bad about that (laughs) all right speaking of social media i'm wondering how much i want to get your take on this on the text line at 744-2990 because we had great discussions me and you guys and gals the taunting that goes on, the reaction, even if you don't consider it taunting, let's just say the after-play reactions, especially in NFL games. Where the hell did all this come from? How did we evolve into this over the last however many years it's been? You have a lot of emotions at stake, which I understand. You play sports, especially at the highest level. There are a lot of emotions. There's a lot of trash talking that goes on. Heck, I can remember going back to my high school football days, and you didn't realize it until you started playing. Because, you know, at the lower levels, middle school, going up, 
you know, maybe even freshman football, there wasn't a whole lot of, of talking. You started to really notice it as a high schooler. And I know there's a lot of things that go on between the lines that the cameras and the mics don't pick up. Player, Imano, Imano. But I'm trying to understand why. Zay Flowers yesterday. Right? All right, he made the great catch. He ran it down inside the five. Looked like the Ravens had their little big play they needed to get back into this whole thing. He immediately taunts, gets flagged for it. Stood up over the defender and, and kind of dropped the ball beside his head and got flagged. And I, I had no problem with the flag. There were ple- people on the uh, – even, even players coming out, oh, you can't flag him for taunting there. Why not? And then, of course – You've never seen karma happen as quickly because, what, a couple of plays later, he fumbled inside the one on his way into the end zone. Touchback. Game over. And I'm watching these plays, and I just sit there every game, and I go, why are guys immediately reacting this way? Like, you can make a catch for, you know, you catch a ball for six yards, seven yards, and it's enough for a first down, the guy will immediately get up, drop the ball, and like point first down or look to say something to the defender. Why can't you just hand the ball to the official and go back to the huddle? It seems like every play there's a reaction, even from the defensive side. You make a tackle, boy, you're going to do some stupid little dance. I mean, heck, the NFL even condones when you get a turnover – for the entire defense to go sprinting down to the other end to take a picture. And that's what they were saying last night, the players. Wait a minute, how can you flag for taunting when you encourage this reaction, blah, 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 blah. And they're right. The players are right in that regard. It's hypocritical like many of the things in the NFL. A text message. It's the Taylor Swift group that didn't want you to broadcast negativity about a Swifty Super Bowl. That's who cut the internet line. (laughs) You might be right. And you see these celebrations going on. You know, a cornerback will make a, a nice coverage play. And he may not even do much on the play. The ball might be be too far out of reach. Receiver couldn't catch it. And you see them immediately do like this motion and they'll shake their head and point their finger and all that. I don't know where all this came from to this degree. But if you were playing a drinking game on trying to figure out the celebration that's going to happen after each play in the NFL, I mean, you'd be wasted before five minutes were gone in the first quarter. I just, I don't get it, and it's also just absolutely abundant at the collegiate level. I mean, you can't watch a college football game. It's not as rampant, but it's still pretty bad. And I've even seen it trickle down to the high school level. And I wonder how much of it is associated with social media and the way kids live their lives and their extra time. Right? You're always having... You're always having to 
try to do something to keep up, to make yourself live up to the things you're watching, right? I mean, I just... I just don't know where it comes from. You know, I was talking with uh, interviewing Darius Nichols, the head basketball coach at Radford, before our game on Saturday. And, you know, I, I asked the question. The last question I had was, you know, finally, Coach, you know, it's alumni weekend, all these former players. I said, do you ever have to remind them, you know, about the distractions? And he said, you know what, Rick, with today's kind of player, those kind of distractions aren't distractions anymore because they, they're distracted daily with their phones, right, with social media, that it becomes this is the kind of thing. They don't even pay much attention to this. And I started thinking, it's like, wow. You know, because in the past, you know, just even two or three years ago, coaches would be like, yeah, you know, a lot of emotions are tied into senior day or alumni day or paying, you know, whatever it might be, and you get a little worried about guys being a little too emotional or distracted. But Darius was very sincere. No, I, you know what? I don't have to worry about that because I have to worry every day about, you know, make sure you guys, they make, their, make them put away their phones at practice and in meetings. Just don't get it around you. And I wonder how much of that has played into these players today. It really, to me, it really takes away from my viewing experience in the game. They're already making lots of money. And I know you might end up having a personal battle against somebody, but, man, every play, a 10-yard catch, let's get up and do something. Defensive player makes a play, breaks up a pass, makes a tackle. Let's get up and do something. Patrick Mahomes is guilty as anybody. Whenever there's a flag against the defense, he gets right over there and does this exaggerated pointing like, close to the line of scrimmage, and that's his version of taunting. The Chiefs were more subtle about their taunting yesterday. That's why the Ravens came across very undisciplined and got those flags because they were reactionary, and so then that happened. But... It does bother me, and I think it bothers most fans. Maybe you don't think about it. Younger kids, I mean, the players don't. Heck, you know what? I even see in basketball. It's even in college basketball. Watch Tech Duke tonight, as I know many of you will. By the way, I think I'm going on record. Tech's going to win the game tonight. Tech's going to win the game 82-76. <laughs> That's my take. But you'll see a guy hit a three, and there's got to be some motion, either holding up three fingers, doing some kind of, like you're firing an arrow. Whatever it might be, watch a basketball game. Making sure you're posing after a dunk. or It's usually a dunk or it's a a three-point shot. And you see it all the time. I mean, yesterday, Georgia Amore hit a three. And she did some kind of little motion toward the Syracuse bench. So it's both in men's and women's college basketball.
And it's one thing to celebrate. Like, I don't see it in hockey. I see goal celebrations. It's a tradition, right? You score a goal, you go over. You're not taunting the other team, but you're trying to find your teammates. You kind of tap sticks, high five. But nobody is like doing any kind of cutthroat, knife across the throat, or shushing on the hockey ice. Baseball, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, the whole home run, watching a home run, pitchers getting a big strikeout, it's starting to happen. Not as much. Yeah, it's true. It's worse than that. The receiver will drop the ball and the defender celebrates it. I never understood that one. Yeah, that's true. That's a great point. That's a really good point. Oh, yeah, the one that bugs me the most. You'll be down on the scoreboard, and a defensive back will celebrate, and you're down 38-17 with eight minutes to go in the game, and you're acting like someone's going to join you in that celebration. Yeah, defensive backs are amongst the worst group. Defensive backs and wide receivers, where most of the talking takes place, there is a correlation there. That are Those are the two groups that are the most guilty. But you see running backs, they'll run for 10, 12 yards, they get up and they point in the direction, first down, drop the ball like near the defender, whatever. I miss the days when... You know, guys like Barry Sanders, who clearly was the best player of his generation, score a touchdown, always find the official, hand it back to him, maybe get greeted by his teammates and just run off the field. You know, just run off the field. But I don't have a problem with the flag for taunting. I mean, the players were defending other players yesterday on social media. Wow, you can't throw a flag for that. Sure you can How about you just play the game? You're making millions of dollars for it. You're expected to make those plays, right? You're doing your job. What if we all did that in our regular daily jobs? What if I came on here and made a great point and I just started taunting whomever? (laughs) I don't know what that would look like. (laughs) That'd be a good idea for one of those old – remember the old – we did a few of those here for the show. We called it This is BDST. We uh, blatantly stole the old – back when ESPN was watchable. When they would do this as Sports Center and you'd have all these funny things that they would do. You could do one where you make a point on the show and you act like you're taunting. Would I be taunting other radio people? Would I be taunting what would I be taunting? What if we all did that though? You at your job, right? You get away, you have a great presentation, you do a great report, your boss tells you, and we just start taunting your uh, coworkers. Make a great pot of coffee in the morning for the, for the floor and everybody's complimenting it and you're like, yeah, bring in a box of donuts. Man, Bobby, you saved me this morning. You go around, you're taunting like people at the other levels. Hey, you didn't bring donuts in. First down. 
waving your finger. Did you bring donos in? No, 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 no. Did you wave your finger back and forth? Hey, I'm the one who brought the donuts, and you just do a cutthroat sign with your with your thumb on your th- you know across your Adam's apple. Think how stupid that is, and just think how stupid it looks when you're watching a ball game, because it really does. And Zay Flowers, I guarantee you, will have no understanding or comprehension of how justified his penalty was, and then when he fumbled, how idiotic it made him look. He'll just say, oh, whatever. That's part of it. No big deal. Nothing to see here. But how would you, you know, do a little celebration after just doing your job at work? That'd be a fun conversation to have. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back 22 minutes past the hour as we roll along. On a Monday without, well, without internet, so no streaming of the show and without phone lines. But, hey. We're having a good time anyway with the local folks. We'll be back. on the text line. That's all we got. We also have uh, Chiefs and 49ers. Yay. Yay. Text message earlier, I agree. It feels like all those years the Patriots are back. You just kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, I just, right now, and it, it, it might change, we're two weeks out, but I just, right now, I just have this vibe to where I just, uh, you know, I just don't necessarily have any desire to sit there and, and watch it right now. I know, bitter, bitter Broncos fan. So again, we uh, without the uh, streaming available today, we you know cuts down on our text message, but we do have some locals. Brad says, <laughs> "Love the idea of taking the whole NFL concept of taunting after every play they make, doing it at work. I might try that today. I'll let you know how it goes." Okay, yeah, right. We should just start doing that. I mean, if I make a salient point here on the air, I'm just I don't know who I would taunt because there's nobody in the studio but me, but. Do I do the whole signal for a first down? Do I do the finger wag? I don't know. Whatever you might do at work, let me know. Let me know how it goes. Like if you get a compliment from your boss and you're within earshot of another employee, you say thank you very much, and then you turn that employee, and I think you just start taunting like NFL players do. Yeah, 
Why not? We'll just transfer it over to our everyday lives. It's out of control. I do know that. All right, final segment coming up here on this Gilligan's Island-esque not a single luxury day here on the program with uh, all the local internet problems and uh, our phone being out. But hey, we muddle through. We're professionals. We rise above it. We'll be back. This is Bobby Bell, the Hall of Famer from Kansas City. You are listening to the Big Dog Sports Talk Show. 25 minutes for the top of the hour here. Final segment for another day, another Monday. Super Bowl is set. Chiefs and the 49ers going to do battle again. What is this, the second time in the last, what, four years? Tech and Duke tonight, big game at the Castle. Like I said, I've got Tech winning 82-76. That's my prediction tonight. I don't think Duke's all that good. They have good players. I don't know if they're ready to come on the road. Tech, by the way, has won five of the last six against Duke and Castle. So there is some historical precedent that makes me very confident, especially the way Tech has played the last couple of games that they'll be okay tonight. So we have all that going on here on the program. Big weekend for both Radford and Tech basketball. Radford women, by the way, are 6-1. and one. They lead the Big South. The men got a win on Saturday, Alumni Day. I bet you probably between the two teams we had – I bet there were 60 or 70 uh, former players that came back. It was really cool. Devon Center was rocking on Saturday. Tech was beating Georgia Tech on the men's side. And the Tech women beat Syracuse yesterday up in New York. Georgia Amor had 29. So... All of the Hoopster fans here in the NRV feel pretty good about things. And I think you'll feel good about it tonight because the students are going to be very loud, sell out, Duke coming in, I'm sure they'll wear black. <laughs> or maybe Tech will throw in some kind of special blackout promotion and wear their black. I don't know. Who knows? The good news on the basketball front. And on the NFL front, Dan Campbell saying he has no regrets about not kicking the field goal time and again. And I'm sorry. I just think you you have to have a little more self-awareness than that, especially given the fact that the history of your franchise has never been to a Super Bowl and you have a lot of hungry people that were hoping this was going to be the year. But it didn't happen. I just think no matter your reputation, 
no matter what trying to, you know, macho mindset, what machismo you might create out of it, I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand how you can't come out and just – and you have to the, – the really good coaches in the history of this league, the best coaches ever, have all had to adjust. As the game adjusts, as personnel adjusts, whatever it might be. So, when you sit there the day after and you say, I have no regrets, you have to adjust your in-game thinking when you're in the playoffs. Because points are so precious in the postseason. And you score those six points, it's a much different ball game. It just is. And even if you... When they were up 24-10 and you try to condone him not going for the field goal then and you don't get it. When you're down 27-24 and you've, you've gotten down the field and you're in field goal range to tie the game and you decide not to, and of course you failed. 49ers got pressure on golf and he ended up throwing it to an empty spot on the field. Then you've made a big mistake, all right? I just I think you have to change and adjust your mindset. Cuz we're not talking about a philosophy of your offense or your defense, but you have to say, yeah, look, I have a tendency to be kind of a riverboat gambler, but we are in the playoffs now. We're in a championship game with a chance to get to our first Super Bowl. And if you kick that last field goal and you make it a tie game, then that adds a little more pressure on the 49ers when they get the ball back because they don't have the luxury of that three-point cushion or the momentum that they feel for thinking, okay, look, we've stopped them twice when they've gone for it. So all our offense has to do is just take it 10 yards at a time. And then they did. They got down, got in the end zone, and that was basically the game. And even if the 49ers would have had the lead, right? Then you're looking at, say, 27 all, 34 27. You know, at the very least, you only need one score to tie it, as opposed to having to need two scores on the road, right? There's just so much that screams to you don't forego points in that situation. I I just. (sighs) And then I don't know what Greg Olson is talking about. He was trying to, I I guess they pay attention to social media during breaks or something because people are screaming and they rightfully so angry, very angry. Anyone questioning Ed Campbell, he absolutely made the right call to not take the point. I just, how do you get a job on a major network making millions and that's your take? You played the game, Greg. 
Analytics. Joel Klatt said, and he's right, analytics is a crutch. And like crutches, they serve a very specific purpose. However, they should not be used every day. Talking about the field goals. Right? I just don't, I don't know. I just don't know. Everybody's looking at analytics people. The analytics people jumped on Clat and trying to defend what they do. And um, So I don't know. To me, and, and it's not just retrospective. Like, I didn't, I'm not just saying this because he didn't make it. At the time, I'm just like, you should kick this. And then, of course, he doesn't get it. And you're like, see, that's why. I mean, the analytics, the, the, the nerds who put out, and I'm going to call them nerds because all they're doing is looking at numbers and all this. They're not thinking about the emotions of the game, the momentum of the game, and how players respond to getting a defensive stop, what that does to each sideline, right? You can't equate or incorporate, I should say, the emotional reaction to plays like that and how they change the flow of the game around. You're just looking at numbers at that point. So I just think when you look at it from that perspective, I don't um, I don't agree with the analytics people who are going to come to the forefront and say, well, hey, he had a 94% chance to try to convert fourth and two and only an 82% chance to kick the extra or kick the field goal. I'm like, well, but there's common sense too. This is where we are today with younger sports fans and media people and people who create things like that. I mean, they don't know the game. They don't know the emotions. They don't know what makes the game flow and how one play can change the whole tide of a game. So, you know, they're going to defend what they do because they're trying to get people to subscribe and get clicks and to, to make money and all this. But, you know, some analytics are helpful and then we get so over analytical that it really bothers me, I think, the most in baseball with launch angles and all this stuff where it hasn't changed the basics of hitting. <laughs> he barreled up on that one. He hit it hard. It was an out. He stranded three base runners, but, man, he had the right launch angle instead of and you do that seven or eight times. The mantra changes from, you know, he's over his last eight with runners in scoring position. No, according to the uh, analytics, I mean, he's hitting the ball hard. <laughs> no. No, he's not accomplishing what he's getting paid multi-millions of dollars to do, and that's to come through in clutch situations. Uh, analytics can say whatever they want. Dan Campbell messed up. And not just because you can say, well, he wasn't successful. You wouldn't be saying that if he had been successful. 
But I will say that I would have questioned the call regardless. I still would have said, well, because we don't know even if they convert if they're going to score a touchdown. Especially the first one when they were outside the 30. You don't know. It may have ended up being a situation where they had another fourth down in three plays. Who knows? So I'm just saying, yes, analytics can be helpful to, to help you understand. It takes you inside the basic numbers. I'm not an anti-analytics guy at all. But when that's all you're basing every decision on, which apparently is what Campbell and his staff have really embraced, then you got beat in a game that you had controlled. You're up 24-7 playing football the way football needed to be played without analytics. And if your decision to constantly go for it's based on some guy's formula of percentage, then I don't know what to tell you. You got to have a the great coaches in the game have a a feeling, have a a natural reaction to things. I mean, Joe Gibbs won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. His basic philosophies didn't change, but he knew that he had to get there in different ways. If you read books where he's talked about it, you couldn't treat every quarterback the same. You couldn't expect certain types of throws, certain type of huddle presence, leadership. From a Mark Rippon to a Joe Theismann or Doug Williams, whomever it may be. And that's what analytics does not account for. The real human aspect of it that at the very end of the day is why games are won or lost, not necessarily analytics. Right? So... That's my take on it. You might have a different take, and that's fine. You might agree with what he did. I mean, that's, that's your prerogative. I don't know how many Lions fans are agreeing with it. Some are saying that's how we got here. Well. But when you're playing on the road in the NFC Championship game and you've already built a lead and you've got them on the ropes, I think anytime you come up with points, it just kind of keeps a, a maintenance of what you've accomplished. You know, even if it's 27 to 10 and it's not 31 to 10. But you went for it, didn't get it. It's 24-10. They go right down the field, and all of a sudden it's 24-17. Then you turn the ball over. Here's something else that analytics doesn't account for. Then you turn the ball over right after you get it back, after they cut it to one touchdown, they go right in and they tie the game. Analytics told you to go for it on fourth and two. Did analytics say... What happens here if they fumble? No, no. Because, see, then the human element of it kicks in. And that's what all the analytics people are scrambling, trying to defend today on their end, whereas it's not going to change the result, and I don't think it's going to make many Lions fans feel much better about Dan Campbell's decision. 
Not much really to talk about in the Ravens-Chiefs game. Chiefs were dominant. I mean, I hate to admit it, they were. They had a great game plan. Travis Kelsey caught 11 balls. Their defense was just spectacular. The Ravens look lost, unprepared. Lamar Jackson, uh, his legacy took a mammoth hit yesterday. There's no other way to say it. And I don't know whether they'll get it back next year or not. Tony Romo seems to think, oh, they'll be right back here next year. Well, maybe that's what they're telling you already in the league. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I have found that when you lose those opportunities, most times or not, you don't get them back necessarily. That's why it's so crucial. That's why it's so devastating when you lose when a championship's on the line. When you lose in the postseason, it's so final. that The end and, oof, what if we don't make it back, right? And the Chiefs won without being able to run the football, and the Ravens did not run it enough. Turnovers hurt them, but they just did not look like a team that was um, at all, not even a shadow of the team that was so, so good during the 2023 regular season. I mean, just so good. And then it's done. And you're going home. (laughs) Text message. I think Taylor Swift probably caught two balls. Hello, hey I'm sure she did. <laughs> Especially after the game, if you know what I'm saying. All right, we're taking our final break, wrapping it up here on a Monday. Stay with us. of my day being a daydream believer that tomorrow we will have functioning internet and phones and streaming services but we shall see thanks to everybody who did chime in today folks here in around the year that could listen through the you know the old school listen to the actual hardcore radio a physical radio I know I know that sounds just crazy tomorrow Scheduled to be joined by Mike Burnup, Jermaine Farrell, and David Smith. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Take care.
all of us here at News Center for. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley.